Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This episode of Wrestling with Sports is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's like blue in the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewables with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take it any time of day or night, even on a full or empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as the pills, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is fast and easy, and it's the way to enhance your performance in bed. So why wouldn't you do it? Honestly, guys, Blue Chew is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have any awkward doctor's visits. And especially in the day of COVID, you don't have to be around people. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. They're made in the USA, so it's cheap. Blue Chew is direct. And the cheaper option, trust me, go to bluechew.com. Right now, Wrestling With Sports has a deal for you just for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free. Just use the promo code Dennis and pay $5 shipping. I know you paid $5 for much more. DoorDash, you pay $5.99 for a tip, for God's sakes. So trust me, the $5 is worth it. It helps the show out a lot. Again, BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Try it for free. I promise you, you'll love it. I love it. Try it for free. $5 shipping and handling. Use the promo code Dennis. Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV. Catch all the action every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit AccessTV.com for more information. Don't forget, Slammiversary 2020 is on the horizon live on pay-per-view July 18th. Go now. Make sure you get that pay-per-view because last year was phenomenal. I should know I was there. I enjoy it. I One of the best pay-per-views of 2019. Everybody from other promotions even said so. Don't forget, you can start your Impact Plus 30-day free trial right now. Head over to plus.impactwrestling.com. And if you miss any of the Impact action, you want some exclusive Impact content, Go to Impact Wrestling's YouTube page. Be part of the 3.5 million wrestling fans getting interviews, recaps, highlights, and much more. Search Impact Wrestling right now on YouTube and enjoy a ton of exclusive content. for wrestling with sports i'm dennis farrell that's jason kindle jason what's going on my friend dennis how are you i'm actually very very excited about this uh next guest actually played against him um but i'm even more intrigued because i have an older brother and me and who is in baseball he's uh with the san francisco giants and he's a major league scout and 
Um, I actually saw this young man a long time ago, and I'll get into that story here in a little bit. But uh, me and him are both younger brothers. So, D, go ahead. Dimitri Young. Oh, well, oh, thank you. Oh, I love that introduction there, Dimitri Young. That is so terrible, Dennis. Good Lord. Now, let me show you how to do an introduction here. This is somebody I've known since birth. <laughs> and, and everything that I've done, he has done better. Everything all the way from the draft choice. I was number four in, in, in 1991, 12 years later. He was number one. Both got called up at the exact same day, except it took me five years. It took him three. And needless to say, the man has ice in his veins, and whenever he plays in the playoffs, he is always the hero. And I am proud to call him my brother, Delman Young. Okay, so now, Delman, this is thanks, Delman, for coming on the show. Um, number one, but uh, what are you doing now? Talk to us real quick. Yeah, not too much. Uh, I kind of, you know, enjoying just having uh, spring and summers like I never did before for such a long time. Because even when you're a kid, your spring and summers are at the cage or on a baseball field or sitting in the backseat of the car, driving four hours in the middle of nowhere to go play seven games in a weekend. Isn't that uh, crazy? Yeah. So uh, since I stopped playing, I just was just hanging out. And then uh, 2017, my buddy gave me a call, come down to Australia uh, to play winter ball down there. Then I start back playing again. But now I just uh, – I like just to play the winter ball just to get out the house and use it as a vacation hang out and see like the younger kids that are coming up through. And then since uh, it is a grind to still play and train and do all that stuff, take the whole spring and summer off and just hang out, do what I want to do, and then just get ready for uh, a winter ball short season uh, at the second half of summer. Now, let me ask you this, because this is called Wrestling with Sports, and your brother doesn't seem to think you're a big wrestling fan. And this is audio only, so the people at home won't get to see it. But you're wearing – a Rey Mysterio shirt, which makes me believe that you like wrestling somewhat. So why would your brother lie to us? Well, it was because I was a huge wrestling fan from a really small kid because Dimitri, when he left for pro ball, he used to have this collections of magazines of wrestling, wrestling pro magazines from like the eighties, early nineties and stuff where like some of those magazines were only six pages long, like a catalog mm -hmm. to some of them were like thicker. And so I always watched wrestling and then me and my friends from uh, elementary school and junior high. But then uh, I kind of got out of wrestling around the, the high school time, right after the rock, the rock had been popular like my junior high years. It was like going into like his years after that's when I stopped watching it most. And then once I got into pro ball, it wasn't like now with the Netflix and stuff. So, I kind of uh, fell out of touch with it, and then it was hard to get back into. Mm. Are you, are that's, actually, that's actually interesting. And um, Dimitri and Dennis are both – listen, I thought I was a wrestling fan, and I still watch it. And I still, but the, the two you're talking to right now, you talk about nerds. Wow, are the other two? Because they, they – I mean, when they talk wrestling, honestly and, – and I I can honestly say this. Dimitri knows way more about wrestling than Dennis does. I just sit there and listen to your brother talk because – some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is like, 
Dude, then like when we get off the air and I'm like, how do you know that blah, 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 blah. And, um, but I picked Dimitri's head a way more than I picked Dennis's head. And Dennis can sit here and say like, well, I know a lot of, no, no, Dimitri knows way more than, um, <laughs> I'll call shenanigans, but that's for does. another podcast. Yeah. yeah. You know how some people are like Marvel people, like or comic book mm-hmm. people, they know everything about the character. Like, Oh, in comic book number four, this is where he gets his, that's Dimitri with the, the wrestler. Oh, when he was in WCW, he was this character. And did this? Oh, he they started had- dropping like ZW X. He was dropping like names that I'd never even heard of, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And, and going down the whole roster. He got their whole Wikipedia. Yeah. Where? Yeah. <laughs> here, da, 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 I had lunch with him here. Yep. Uh, gave him tickets to the game, and we met up after. And then I saw him at the show. Like he knows every wrestler, just like uh, uh, a clubhouse kid knows every visiting player that comes through over the years. Dude, that's a great. That's a. That's actually a really great. Great analogy. Do yeah. you do you oh, have a hobby? Oh, hang, hang on, I want to go back. To, see, this is Dennis. Uh, uh, this is where I I just tell because I'm actually really curious. Why are you still playing winter ball, and where do you play at? I mean, obviously you said you went to um, Australia, but just the love of the game, just some, some extra cash on the side. I mean, like you, obviously you said a vacation, but dude, I'm I'm because I would love to go and keep playing uh, um, somewhere. I mean, obviously I'm, my stuff's gone <laughs> i'm a little older yeah now. well it, it's just uh i just got that call from my buddy virgil uh he's a uh, minor league pitching coach with the, uh, the twins right now and he was down there in this so i went down there and just played and i was like all right i'm just gonna go back home and do nothing not nothing but just chill but then you still got it yeah a team in mexico called like you want to come down and play i was like well no 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 do you still have it are you still, oh, still raking okay. Of course, of course. I, hey, hey, <laughs> playing winter ball as an import, you have to play well. Yeah, like when you play winter ball as an import, hey, t- two weeks in, you, you don't have homers and RBIs or striking out a lot of people. They have your ticket or your name ready to go. Yep. Okay. So, hey, your brother tells me this about I don't know about three months. Hey, ago. Jason. Jason, I let me ask. Can I talk about Korean I, baseball real quick, please? Oh, no, and then I'll no, shut up. I, Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, so he, he goes, hey, have, hey, Jay, have you watched the Korean Baseball League? And I said, no, I haven't. And he goes, well, it's on like at 1 in the morning. So I wait up or I, and I Tebow it or whatever it was. And he goes, because I'm going to tell you, you're going to watch it. You're going to think you can still play. I guarantee you, Dimitri and myself can go out and hit 320 in the Korean Baseball League because it's so sloppy. And, D, we can get paid a lot of money. Now I'll shut up, D. Go ahead. All right. <clears throat> This was the question I always wanted to ask you, Dale, and this goes back to 2001 when we were at Dodger Stadium and Bob Boone let you hit on the field with us, and yeah. you wound up hitting three balls out. What was what was going on during that time? Because Ken Griffey Jr., another former number one draft pick, you always gravitated towards him. You put on the uniform and you was like always gone with him. What was the stuff that y'all always talked about? Uh, with Griff, because uh, Griff – was always my all-time favorite player. Uh, you know, that, well, everyone knows Griffey in the 90s was uh, was baseball. So when I, I remember when uh, he got traded to your team and everything, I think I was more excited than anybody in baseball <laughs> so, because I go finally, like, meet the guy and be around him. And then just being around Griffey, like, he didn't say much, like, oh, you got to do this. I just watched just the, the way he went he did everything and, he just did everything like he was supposed to be doing it. When he went out and shagged, you saw him just walk out there like, yeah, okay. 
I'm supposed to be here. Da, da, this is my domain. And then he can go catch the balls. You know, people think, oh, he's just, you know, it looks uh, like the days of COVID or, and stuff, but he was just so smooth that he didn't have to look like he was Johnny Hustle out there to go catch a couple fly balls. And he just did everything with uh, so much uh, confidence and just the awareness of what he was doing uh, was just uh, was just marvelous to watch because it seemed like everything he did this everything was just with such fluidity and so much flow. It was just a, a good thing to watch. Do you do you have a good King Griffey Junior story? Because I love listening to guys talk about meeting their heroes, and then usually they have a great little welcome to the majors story with their mentors or their heroes growing up. Do you have one with Ken? Uh, it's kind of, uh, no, I don't think I really, I can't like off the top of my head, think of any stories and stuff because a lot of the guys I met, I met through Dimitri when he was playing with his, they were either his teammates, like equal service time or they were older or younger. So then I will end up playing with some of them or coach or some of them are my coaches. <laughs> so it was That's different crazy. when I got finally play with some of the guys like I play with them and it was just like yeah like five years ago when I was like uh 17 you know I can't uh I came and watched you play with my brother and stuff and then now we're teammates uh you know sitting next to each other in the planes and stuff like that so it was kind of it was kind of different like for me with some of them because one of the first big leaguers I really got to know Outside of me going through my brother was Carl Pavano. We used to train with the same trainer out here. Oh, he threw a nice ball. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, training with Carl Pavano all off season, uh, my going into my draft year. So, I think that was going into their World Series year. And then, then we end up playing together for a couple of years in Minnesota together, and we sat next to each other on a plane on the bench and everywhere through the clubhouse and then ate dinner together. So a lot of the stuff was just meeting the guys as a fan. And then I was their teammates. And, and you know what? That is such a great answer. And Dennis, more than anything, this is because Demetri, Oh, I always say this, like it is so much easier if you have somebody who played in the big leagues, like my Delman, I don't know if you know, but my father played in the big leagues for a while. Yeah. Um, and so it's an advantage. And Dimitri kind of laid that groundwork for you. And I say laid the groundwork. You laid your own groundwork. I mean, bottom line. But the, the people that you were um, fortunate enough to meet along the way, like Dodger Stadium and, and Ken Griffey Jr., it's, it's so much easier when you go into that. And listen, being the number one pick, the number one pick in the – okay, listen, I was the number one pick. Dimitri was the number one pick. We weren't the number one picks in the nation. That is some – Unbelievable pressure, and and yeah, you're one of the very, very few that actually panned out and and put up the numbers. And I don't know if you remember this. And I have three questions that I really want to want, want to ask you. Um, the, the the last one is my last year playing in you with the Twins. But um, the the one I, you probably don't even remember. But um, Harbor Junior College, my brother he was a cross checker at the time with the Giants. Now he's a major league scout with Giants. Um, and he had obviously the best uh, players in California there, and you were one of them. I think he had maybe one or two more teammates in that. I don't know if you remember me there or not, but I went and I said hi and everything. He, my brother asked me, he goes, "Hey, can you go down and um, you know, say hi to a couple kids? Uh, maybe ten of you." I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, you know, I remember because 
that's the thickest grass I've ever seen on the baseball field. <laughs> well, you're supposed to say this. I remember because you came and said hello. But anyhow, I went, honestly, because I went, I said hello, and then I went in the car and I watched. And uh, I, I told my brother, I said, I'm just going to go in the car. I'm not going to get, I don't want, listen, these guys are getting ready to play. The draft's coming up. And I'm going to tell you what, you talk about men amongst boys, it was you. The sound the, of the ball coming off your bat, the the um, and these are listen California and you can go to Texas and Florida. They play year round, blah blah blah. But um, California, in my opinion, just because I'm from there, uh, best ball players that you're going to have or you're going to see. Um, but watching you hit against the other best high school players um, at Harbor Junior College that year, it was two different worlds. I mean, you were like. Barry Bonds in the big leagues with uh, Dimitri and us. You, it was unbelievable. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my. And then, obviously, so forth, so on. You get drafted, the first pick overall, as you should have. And then you just go on in your rig. Because, listen, you're a number one pick. I don't know. D, see, like Phil Nevin, he was the number one pick when I got drafted. I don't know. Who was the number one pick? Uh, um, Brian Taylor from the Yankees. Okay, so that worked oh. out great for Brian. And Phil had a decent career. But, dude, you are a true number one pick who went on, helped teams, had an unbelievable career, and dude, kudos to you because, like I said, you knew you remember the thick grass, but I just remember sitting in my <laughs> car watching you hitting bombs and the sound of your bat. So I had to tell you that story because I don't even know if you remember that. Besides the grass, but it was it was fun for me to watch. And I, I'm this is what two thousand maybe three, right or wrong, maybe a year, or whatever. Uh, and I'm in, and I'm in the big terrible. leagues at my prime, going, I'm just raking, raking, hitting three thirty, yeah. and I'm like, this dude's special. I think it was uh, the fall, winter. I don't even know what you call that in uh, California. Like second spring, uh, second spring, hot. fall, two thousand two. That you call yeah, it hot. Hot. That's what you there. call it. Earlier, we were talking about Marvel guys and knowing everything. Is there something that that you're like that with? Do you have a hobby? See, that- this is where he goes crazy. I want. I got two great baseball questions. Go ahead, you, Dennis. This is this is awful. Come on. Listen, we got time, and he's got forty-five minutes. And if I don't get to ask my other two questions afterwards, then I'm going to be pissed off. Dillman, this is how you're doing most of the talking. I know this is how we're. I want to get through my two. We talk about like Superman and shit like that. I mean, come on. This is this is how the interviews go. It's forty-five minutes of you and Jason, and three minutes of me, and then Dimitri wraps it up. So, (laughs) so occasionally Dimitri and I get to be on our own show. Anyways. Back to your hobbies. Uh, you're talking about Marvel. We were talking about uh, wrestling. Do you have like a hobby or something that you were you're super into? Uh, well, uh, uh, them two can attest to this. When you're done playing, you have I'm talking about beyond all the time in the world. So uh, I, I defeated Netflix, and then now I'm back on Hulu trying to defeat that. Uh, I defeated much of the anime circuit, so now I'm purposely not watching that. Uh, so all the episodes can get 102 episodes ahead. So then when I binge watch them, I and it can only take me about a week. Uh, then I just work out and do baseball stuff to stay active. Because one thing I can say, just for the two years that I disappeared from the baseball world and didn't do anything baseball related, talk baseball or anything, the game changed a million times over with all the uh, step cast air and all the stuff. And when they're talking about when I watch a game and I didn't know 
what they were talking about. So now being back active and a little bit of activity in the game, I can kind of keep up with the, the new terminology and then what they're even looking for in players in the future and et cetera. But my hobbies are basically trying to just keep up with the, the, the new wave of the game. Um, enjoy my, my time off, uh, try to age gracefully and stay alive. <laughs> well, okay, well, uh, gracefully and alive. Great, dude. I hope you do both those. Um, hey, Jason, my turn. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, <laughs> you're, you're the only one that knows about the stat crap shit between us three. All right, D, I'm sorry. All right. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to know what your, your favorite game was because I get asked that all the time. And it's for me, everybody thinks it's the three homer game opening day. But I tell them it was the series in 2008 when I was with the Nationals and we came into Minnesota. And it was more sentimental reasons because that was the only time our mom got to see us both play. And you know that you, you were her favorite player, by the way. I'm a little jealous about that. But um, that was my favorite game. Even though y'all kicked our ass, I wind up hitting a home run over your head and stuff. So what, what was your favorite game, you know, that uh, you played in? Well, outside that series, um, it always had to be the debut because from the times that we were all – all of us that got to the big leagues, from the time that you are a kid dreaming of uh, just, hey, just one day, I just want to be a big leaguer, to the time you get drafted – to the time that you get called up from a ball to what's called. And then when you finally get there, you go, it was worth it. All those bus rides, winter ball extended, uh, instructionally, uh, all the stuff that you. You spent two years in the minor leagues. (laughs) (laughs) But still. I know. I trust me. Well, we get it. But like you were like, <laughs> skip this one, skip that one. Up, oh, give me my paycheck. But all, all the things that you've done your whole life just to be a baseball player, it is all comes full circle. And you're like, then you just you're able to go. All right, you know, now I'm here now. And just to get up there and have those good, the good nervous shakes, like your first at bat, just doing everything the first time, and then getting it out the way. So true. I, I got to go back to another nerdy question, which does involve baseball. You being the younger brother of Dimitri, are you a video game guy? Did you ever play any of the baseball games? Did you ever play as Dimitri in the baseball games? Because listen, I, I I still geek out. I went out and bought uh, the Major League Baseball game last year, and then I was I had no clue Jason's in it. I'm like, what the heck? So I kind of geeked out of that. Some of the pictures, like, yeah, I'm in a video game, but. For you, A, you were in a video game. B, you get to play as your brother. Did you ever enjoy any of that stuff? Yeah, uh, I did, uh, especially when the games were good, uh, like when they had MVP baseball. Oh, I loved it. When they had that series, you know, you get to play with them uh, and everything. So it, it was uh, it was good, but it was just uh, uh, I didn't do it against friends that were, were, were when we were kind of betting or just talking crap because – most of those MVP years, he was with the Tigers, and they would play with the like the Cardinals. <laughs> I kind of needed to be competitive, so I would play with the the the, the bigger the bigger market teams too. <laughs> Do you still play? No, uh, 
I kind of got out of the video games because it was such a pain in the butt in the minor leagues when I was in because you had to find all the right cable uh, stuff when you're traveling. Cool. And so uh, then when I got called up, uh, uh, I just gave it up. Wait. And then once I tried to get back into video games, it was too far advanced like two years later. Wait a second. Jason just made a sigh like he knew what you were talking about. J- Jason's not played a video game since Atari. No, I, I, I play Red Dead Redemption 2 now. And like if something happens, power goes out or something like that, I have to call my wife to be like, hey, I don't know what cord goes into what cord. So <laughs> it's a pain in the ass because I got to call my <laughs> wife to come down and fix it for me because she's the what, of the house. don't know? Yeah, I got to ask oh, my dad. They're, they're too busy on their own damn thing. I can't even get the hell, get them out of there. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know the uh, Wi-Fi stuff. Uh, I don't know anything beyond 2004 technology. Dude, I'm right there with you. Don't worry about it. Okay, we so Dennis, let me, let me ask you uh, this question real quick, Dennis, because I don't think you know this. I actually knew this before, and I did kind of do a couple things on him. Uh, I, I did know this before. So Dimitri Young makes his big league debut okay. 10 years Later, on the nose, Delman makes his big league debut. How cool is that? And what, it, like, I don't, I don't even know what you call that, but is that something you guys ever talk about? Like, to where, because that's pretty neat stuff right there, to be honest with you. Nah, because I, I forgot the exact day that my first debut was on. August 20-something, <laughs> the 6th or 9th. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. yeah, I know it was, like, right before the uh, the 1st. Do, do you still love baseball? Is is baseball still one of your loves? Because I guess when I, well, when I was doing like fantasy football, I, when you're doing the podcast stuff, you work hard and you put the time in and then you get up to ESPN level and you kind of take the the easy road, maybe, you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor. And then when that goes away, you're like, I don't want to work that hard again to get back to where I was is. And then I lost my love for fantasy football. Was that kind of like your love for baseball? No, because it was the same game I played on the diamond with the kids around me that I grew up with. And uh, it was just as you get older and it, the the, start, the the way that the, the game's played, you got to be better to keep playing as you go. And so um, the further you go up, it weeds out the game weeds out more players and I was fortunate enough to keep playing. So um, I would never have any love loss for the game that afforded me a a great life. And now just lets me go on vacations to go play baseball in Australia and other countries for a couple months. So uh, the game, (laughs) the game has given me more than I can ever give back and it still keeps giving. And so now just playing, Winter balls, you know, I get to help out uh, the younger players. And so, like, when I was in Venezuela two years ago, the guy in front of me was, you know, trying to knock on the door to get in the big leagues. He gets in the big leagues the next the next year and has a good run. Uh, it was Luis Arise with the Twins. And so, you know, I got to watch him before he got into the big leagues, and I just kept watching. I was like, this kid will be a big leaguer. I didn't know he was just going to come right in come in right away and that 330 whatever he did as a rookie and be a spark plug for that team but it's good it's really fun now to go to do, to the winter balls and stuff and you get the guys that are in double a triple a and then they ask you questions because they're just about a couple steps away from being an everyday big leaguer 
And the only thing that's really different outside just the, the game reps of being a big leaguer are just a little small uh, attention to detail stuff that keeps you in the big leagues and lets you be a big leaguer every day. Because the one thing I know is they flush out players who can't adjust really quick. Real yeah. quick. And I know that you hey, – yeah, yeah, you sound you sound like you are about to um, become a coach. Is that something that you're going to transition into once you get into your 40s? Or are you going to be Julio Franco and play until your legs fall apart? Uh, I just well, who knows what the world is going to be when we come out of this stuff. But <laughs> I just <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to get back to the big leagues? Is that like something that? I mean, obviously, that's a dumb question because everybody wants to get. But I mean, you've already made a name for you. Is that something that is uh, uh, in your heart right now? No, because uh, with the way the game's gone, and they rather have. Uh, uh, you didn't need no launch angle crap or what's going on. Whatever, you can hit the ball. Uh, uh, they, they, with the way the game gone, they rather have younger guys that play multiple positions with three or three options left than anybody with the the with the way that they do the rosters now. So, no, I just like though, dude, you hit, you hit, and they're gonna get you. I, I don't care how many launch angles. I don't care how many um, intern nerds. <laughs> from Columbia or Harvard are there, but uh, I, I, I will say this, you could hit. And um, well, that's the thing with the winter ball in Australia, you only play on the weekends. And so I have the whole week to myself. And you're so not married. No kids. Once yeah, the game okay. ends, you know what? No, just keep playing in Australia, dude. I get it. <laughs> as, I go, as soon as the game ends Sunday, I'll be like, all right, see you guys. Friday. <laughs> yep. If I didn't, ha- if I wasn't married and had kids, I'd be in Australia right now playing too. I just, I'll play short. <laughs> I don't care. I'll come off the bench. One game of, yeah, you're the only smart one here, dude. Let, let me ask you this. You've had your brother who has always been a few steps ahead of you as far as career wise. Cause he's older. What has Dimitri taught you about easing into the kind of the retirement life? Because you're semi-retired now. Has he taught you how to adjust and and how to build off that? You got to find a hobby and you got to find it quick. And because the one thing is that we're all creatures of habits uh, with their old life. And being a baseball player, you practice and trained every day all year. And then now you got an open schedule. You need to find a hobby that keeps you just as busy because being busy all, all your life to all of a sudden having this free time, it can eat away with you. <laughs> so you just need to be able to find something to, uh, that you have a passion for and then go explore it. And uh, So you don't fish like D? No, I don't ever want to touch a fish. I'm with you. I am with you. That's the weirdest thing. Why hey, I, I, I'm right fish? there too. I think it looks cool, but I don't want to touch that thing, man. No. It like jumps on you and stuff. I don't yeah. like that. Come on. Girls. It's gross at first. I'll admit it's nasty at first. It took me a while to be able to put the, the sardine on my on the hook. Like it, it it took me like eight times going on the boat where I just finally was like, ah. It, he, he t- Stuff on the hook. I'm not. I, I ain't even putting the thing on the hook. No. I ain't I'm having a Bud Light on the lounge chair and say, get, just let me know when we're going back to the shore because I, I do like boats. And then I'm not going out there into that uh that deep sea fishing stuff either. Where Thank you. Why he's choppy? You I'm, heard I'm good. about when um, I got baptized? You heard about that? No. Uh oh. Let me tell this story real quick. This was two years ago. I was supposed to go out on the Amigo, and and there were bad swells out, so they canceled that one, and they said, you can go on this other boat, the Island Spirits. I'm like, okay. Well, we went up the coastline towards Santa Barbara. 
bad swells was going up. The boat was rocking up and down. And as I'm reeling up, my foot must have stepped on a piece of squid, and the railing was about belly high. He go. And so I flipped over, and I grabbed the side of the, the boat, thinking I'm going to be able to hold on to it. There was two major problems. One, it was solid, and it was smooth and wet. So let go. I look at the boat. I look at the ground like the cartoons. I'm looking at the water, looking at the boat. And I'm like, oh, this shit is real. Splash! <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the water. I'm going, oh, God, help, help. And they trying to tell me to calm down. Like, get me out of this water. So they throw down the donut. And they told me I had to work my way to the back of the of the boat where the ladder is. And there was this little trim that was at the edge of the boat, about an inch thick. So I American Ninja Warrior myself over there. I'm fully clothed. And, and I have on the boots. So I'm pretty much just weighed down. I get over there at the 20-minute mark, finally climb up the ladder. But I wound up losing my hat, my glasses, and also um, the neighbor's rod and reel, which was the MVP, caught all kind of fish. But, yeah, that's how I got baptized. I went overboard. Well, that's about a $1,000 baptism right there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah it, was, it was an expensive one, though. I ain't trying to do any of that. Thank you. I've got one more question, and I'm going to leave it up to the other Major League Baseball players to talk to each other. But I, Ever since talking to Dimitri and Jason, I've learned a difference in them where Jason didn't really stop and smell the roses in his baseball career or kind of enjoy moments or enjoy celebrities that came in because he was so hard-nosed and focused on that day's game. How were you in your approach to baseball? Did you enjoy it? Did you Were you able to stand out there, take a deep breath, enjoy the guests that came around you, that kind of thing? Uh, once I got to the big leagues and after the first year where you try to do everything to make sure you can stay up there every day, then I got traded to Minnesota. When I got to Minnesota, it was just, hey, we got to win. We got to uh, win a division. We got to get to the playoffs. So then every day was just come in there and get your work done and think about what can we do to win this game. So And then – what can we do to make sure that when it comes to the the playoff push, that second half, that we are in a position to uh, to be able to make a playoff push? And so it was just always focusing on just going to the field and getting your stuff done and being ready to play. So, and then that's that's so cool. And then also to being in Minnesota, we were a smaller market, and we didn't have. You don't have that many celebrities from Minnesota or you see going around repping Minnesota stuff. So it wasn't like you know, I was, where I was a, a Cub, a Yankee, Red Sox, Dodger, you know, Angels, one of the, the big market teams where you have a lot more um, other things going around and stuff. We were just a small market team, a little engine that could all the time, even though we had Joe Mauer, Joe, Justin Morneau and uh, Joe Nathan out there. So it was just the mindset of our team was just what can we do possibly for the 25 guys on the roster that day to root for each other and win the game. Okay. I have two questions I got to ask you before you go. And if you got a bolt, just say I got a bolt, but you still got to answer the questions. Uh, and there ain't nothing, any, anything's open this weekend. All right. So. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so 2010 was my last year. I was with the Royals. And I 
at that time, and, and I blew my arm out early on in that, that season, and I could I could barely throw. I had to catch the ball and pick it up, and it was just a long story. I could dissect anybody's swing from behind the plate. Anybody, from Mauer to Morneau, you killed us. And I, you lost me so much sleep. And it's not because, okay, I got through. I don't even know if Morneau was there, but if he wasn't, it was, you know, Kubel or whoever. It was somebody that – are. Uh, the the lineup was deep. Yeah, it was very, very deep. But you always killed me. I spent nights going into whether it be Minnesota or you guys coming in, going like, how the hell do I get young out? Screw Mauer. Screw all these other guys. I couldn't do And it was like, and I would always go over with the starting pitchers. I'm like, hey, this is the guy you have to. And they try to make that slider that much better. They'd have to try to make that, you know, that that two-seamer run a little more. And that they leave it right over the plate. And it was ah, gone. That, so, I don't know what your stats were in that 2010 season, but I will say this. You cost me many nights of sleep because I couldn't get you out. And I don't know if I should have even said it into our pitchers, but you raked. And you raked against us. End season. It was awesome because we signed Jim Tomei. And so I spent a lot of time in the, you know, that last kind of round of shagging BP where you don't really have to be out there, but you kind of be out there sometimes. You just kind of do nothing. So I'll talk, go over to right field and go talk to Pavano and Jim Tomei because Carl was big towards the end of his career of understanding the hitters and their swing pass and how to attack them with what he has. And Jim was really good with the swing. So we'd talk about swing pass and everything. And then Jim will, just, will talk about stuff and then what he saw from playing with Manny and Albert Bell. Robbie Alomar, and then um, who was and Charlie Manuel, and so we, we'll talk about a lot of things. And so, you know, Jim helped me out a lot that year. And then also too, I batted behind Jim, and so the pitcher will be going up there throwing seven pitches, and then Jim will either walk or take a couple scary swings for the pitcher, and either drive one somewhere or give it a really tough a bat, and then I will get right up there. And they'll try to throw that two-strike slider right away, and it was a cement mix. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I do know for a fact. I, I said like, hey, dude, he's he ain't Vladdy, but he's swinging. He sees something he likes, he's gonna swing. And what's really cool about you is like, then I I played against you um, when I was in Oakland too. When you were you know younger, you'd swing to this thing if it was this far away. But the fact that you made your own adjustments and just became the player that you can. Listen, I don't. The fact that. My last year playing in the big leagues, you because obviously what do you think you played 19 times the, the the division teams or something like that? I don't even know what it is. Yeah, but you you cost me sleep and I was already banged up and I was already done pretty much because I couldn't get you out. And I could, I think, if but you had to have like dude, I don't know if it was your best year or not, but that was I, I know that you raked that year. That was that his year. I know that you raked season. against the Royals, and I'm gonna tell you what. Dude, it was fun to watch you because I saw you as that high school kid at Harbor who was way above um, everybody that was there. And then maybe you're – because I was with the A's in 2007, and this is probably yeah, your second rookie. year. And and I watched you like you're an easy out, easy out, easy out. And um, and then going on to – and when we did the show, we had – I know that's a buddy of your um, – you know, Palouf, Trevor Palouf. I, know, I don't know if he's a buddy or not or whatever, mm-hmm. but I know you guys grew up together. And he did say some really, really things about you. 
um, about how you helped him out in Minnesota, this and that. But he's not the only person that I've said that about. So the mark that you have left in this game with um, some of the younger players that you kind of mentored is really, really cool. Because when Trevor said that, and like I said, I don't know, if, I don't know the guy from Adam, but um, it wasn't the first time I heard that. You know what, Delman Young helped me out. Delman Young was the one that said that. So getting that from your brother, because your brother is one of my all-time favorites. We played against each other a lot more than um, yourself and myself played against each other. Yeah, on and off the field. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's very true. Um, that's very true. But that <laughs> that helped me. said is is I know the type of person your brother was. I know the type of person you are. And to hear that, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. And the, the reason I think I liked you even more, I mean, like, I mean, listen, I didn't talk to anybody. And when Dimitri came up, I'd be like, hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, Jay, what's up? Whatever. And then afterwards, hey, see, whatever. But, dude, you were a, 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 a dick when you came to the plate. I, didn't, I never said anything. I never said anything to anybody. And you didn't say anything to me. And I'm like, God, I like this guy. I, I, I honestly, like, there's a couple of times. Where, yeah. Oh, and you know what? But that's how I was. And so what Dennis, Dennis, getting back to Dennis's question, was like, you know what? If somebody asked me a long time ago, actually, it was Robin Young, goes, hey, what, what would you change about your um, your career? And I said, well, I'd like to smile and have a little bit more fun, da, 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 da. But if I did that, I wouldn't have had the career that I had. I know for a fact. And I, I truly believe that you were the same way. And you were a jackass on the field. And I loved every part of that. But yeah, then hearing the behind-the-scenes things that some of the players that you played with, the younger players, talk nothing but – just give you nothing but praise is very, very cool to me. So, dude, hell of a career. You're going to get back to the big leagues. Um, the only other question I want to know is I want to talk about you guys' I childhood. I do have one more. Yeah, it's, you're, you're kind of like uh, Chase Utley and um, Doc Holliday. When I got to play with them in Philly, you see playing against them, like on the field, they're intense you know, very focused and everything. And then when you get them off, off the field in the clubhouse and stuff like that, and you can see, you know, they're great guys, great team guys and everything help you out. You know, Chase, Chase helped me uh, dissecting the video better. Chase can sit there and look at it and see patterns with uh, stuff like that. And because me, I'll look at it and then, oh, Okay. Okay, and then Chase him like, nah, all right. That uh, he falls this, he falls with uh, out of these. Uh, I'm like, geez, this, uh, this, this will change. All right, all right. This is his preparation when he gets in the game. He's just focused, but he's willing to help you out. And then, uh, Doc, I was intimidated of Doc because uh, his presence and stuff. And then once uh, I just talked to him in the weight room, and then all of a sudden I'm just like, wow. This guy has a wealth of information and just a great dude. And will come up, uh, hey, we're uh, we're all gonna go to the concert, the Kenny Chesney concert. We're gonna go. I was like, I don't listen to country music, but you invited me. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions, of, especially with baseball players. Is I think that we're it's an everyday game with the uh, the media, the social media, the cameras, and everything. So you see a lot of guys that are, that are intense on the field, but then once the, the from seven o'clock to ten o'clock, they're intense. But after that, you get them, and then they're like, "Oh, this guy, this guy's a great guy. This guy's this guy's a beaut to play with. This guy's amazing." Hey, Dale, back to yeah. your debut um, ball game when you debuted against the White Sox. 
I remember you saying that that was, and I had to play it back in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, you faced uh, Freddie Garcia, and and he hit you. And then what did you do after he hit you? Oh, wait, wait, your first at bat, you got hit? That's awesome. If that's yeah. True. Yeah, I got the welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> no, that is awesome right there. Yeah, I got the welcome to the big leagues with the first base. And the, the next bat, I faced him, and I was really amped. Uh, but the so I struck out because in the minor leagues, when that breaking ball is just spinning and it's high, it just sits there. In the big leagues, this is now before they talk about spin, right? Freddie Garcia's curveball back in the day when he was throwing 95 would just sit high. And as soon as you go swing at it, it's like in the dirt. And so <laughs> I struck out that bat. I was like, dude, he threw me three hangers. How did I go? How did I miss all three of them? <laughs> And I go in the video room, and the video guy Chico goes, "Oh, that's a big league curveball you saw." And I was, <laughs> Chico, you ever even seen a pitch in the batter's box, Chico? Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah, I, I, but hey, Chico's hilarious because he's honest. Oh, I'm and, sure he is. And so I, I kind of, I was like, okay. And so then the next bat, he comes up and throws the same one, but I made the the, the slight adjustment and got it. And so. It, it was awesome, but then the thing about it was, I see Freddie Garcia in Venezuela, and uh, and because uh, he was playing and then doing the charity stuff down there, and I'll see him in Miami, and we'll have some drinks together. And he was like, "Papi, I didn't want to hit you, but I had to hit you." They told me, "I was like, hey, and he's just like, you know, you got me the next time." But what happened that after that, Poppy? Yeah. Yeah. Took your ass five hundred feet to the left center. What you got on that, Poppy? <laughs> I got your poppy right here. He threw a nice ball, too, by the way. I, I did have a request to ask you something. One of our former guests, who is a massive Baltimore Oriole fan, Ryan Sickler, who really wanted me to talk and ask you about the game with no fans. It was, you know, one of the now we're it's going to be the new normal. But back when that happened, it was kind of unheard of. And as a player going into that game, uh, knowing that you're not going to have any fans. What does that do to a player's mindset, knowing that this could either be a special game or it could just be one of those games that people well, forget about? There were there were two different reasons for the this year's no fans and those no fans. We there was a protest for the uh, I want to say it was a Freddie Gray. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, it was a Freddie Gray. So it was the protest that caused it uh, for no fans, and so. Um, it was different, so it wasn't like we, we have a chance of getting sick or anything out there. So it was, and it was a day game too. So it was kind of, it was kind of just like it was really quick. Uh, we went in. Um, it was like a like a pickup summer league game where there's no like maybe like two parents like an American Legion game that no one cares about. And <laughs> so, but you go out there and did you, you get play. any knocks? Did you get any knocks? Yeah, we we got. Uh, well, did you get any knocks? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I, I made sure I, I snuck out one. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a great day that day. Yeah, day saver. That's all you need. Yeah, because I, I know we, we jumped. We, we put up an eight spot in the first inning, but the game took like an hour and thirty-two minutes. There was the since there was no commercial breaks or there's no they didn't have to do all that stuff for the, um, the in stadium stuff. So we played a game that we won by like seven or eight runs that took an hour and 32 minutes. So it was great by, with the the speed of the game. Was it Mark. eerie? 
was it was there like an eerie feeling going through when you guys could hear each other calling out things and yeah i think the story went that you could hear the tv or the radio announcers up in the booth too yeah when you get at least one hit there ain't nothing (laughs) eerie about that yeah once you get the one on the board you're just like all right Uh uh-huh Hey, now we just uh, now just try to truck for the rest of them. Exactly. But, <laughs> but the the one thing about the no fans is, is like especially like when you're struggling, like when you're struggling, your hometown team's booing you. Like <laughs> you didn't get any of that. So like <laughs> like when you're struggling and you're on the road and you get booed, it's like all right, whatever. But when you're at home and you're getting booed, it's like that's not. Man, I can't. Point. I can't hide anywhere. So no, no, you can't. So, that, so the Astros in your in your respective or in your uh, uh, thoughts right there were they're getting a free pass. The Houston Astros are getting a free pass this year. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they are getting. Uh, okay, so Dimitri said. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. Okay, so D and I had a talk a long time ago, and uh, we talked about the uh, steroids and knowing what's coming. And I said, uh, okay, D. And he's like, oh, no, steroids, you hit the ball further. Well, I can never hit home runs, number one. But number two, I go, you guys are us. We are so good at what we do, hitting the baseball, which is the hardest thing in all of sports to do. But especially like in your division or whatever, and you know what's coming every pitch, how much the, the, the two-seamer runs, how much it sinks, how much how much cut does he have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Dimitri at first said, well, yeah, I would have loved to take him steroids to see if I get the ball further. And I'm like, no, no, no. Imagine – because everybody thinks, oh, it's so it's difficult to get to the big league, and it's difficult to be as long as us three have have had. And I hate throwing my name into this, but I, I also I would have loved to know what's coming every pitch, how especially in division, guys, you have thirty at bats off of. And Dimitri, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's like, you know what, Jay, you're right. Yeah, it's, you yeah you swayed me over because uh, the more I thought about it, and that was more of me being. Knowing that a fastball is coming, now I'm trying to swing out of my ass as opposed to, you know, keeping the same approach that I would have, just knowing the fastball is coming to just gear up for the fastball. If it's in the zone, knock the stink out of it, if not take it. But, it, yeah, like you swayed me to that side. I, I, I really know what's coming because for, like, the the guys that uh, that gave me crap, well, I just remember, like, the, facing Eric Bedard from 06, 07 when he was throwing 97 with that, hammer and striking out everyone if you can tell me when that breaking ball was coming so i just didn't swing <laughs> i would have a hell of a better chance to make sure i knock the hell out of that damn fastball before he gets to that uh yes. oh, but you but uh, d you or delman i, I call deep dimitri d Del, you know that the fastball's coming you know it already yeah you're hitting that you're hitting 80 home runs like, because when I watched that uh, game five, Houston versus Glasno, and I saw the way that they were taking some of those breaking balls, I was like, they yep. didn't buckle? <laughs> yep. And then when they That's... came out, uh, he was supposedly tipping from his glove. But I was just yeah, like. He was tipping from the buzzer on someone's batter, or somebody doing, yeah. Because I was like, Glass now is one of those guys I wanted. Like, I'll be uncomfortable face, and that he's because he's six eight, right? Throwing up to a hundred with those. Uh, I was like, and they weren't flinching, <laughs> and they were driving everything they swung at. Well, how about Bregman's home run in Dodger Stadium against like a slider off the plate this far and hits it oppo? Like, okay, dude. Uh, but as a catcher, and that's whoever was catching, but that's their own fault because. 
if somebody hits a ball that far and it's this far off the plate, you're going, you're, something's going on. Cause that just doesn't happen. Yeah. Like we all, we all understand this. There's a, there's are some air ones where it's just the pitcher from shaking to the wrong thing. Um, but sometimes, <laughs> but after, after when all that stuff came out, I was just like, man, I was, <laughs> I was like, no wonder, no wonder you can, Watch some of these games. These guys were just spitting on balls, high on base percentage with high on with high uh, slug. They won't be the same anymore. But they're going to free pass, in my opinion, because they are going to be playing with no um, nobody in the, fa- in the stands. Which you know, booing, throwing crap at them because who's going to throw something at them? The, the GM. You know where they got it really good too is with the social distancing. They won't have the the heckler sitting outside the hotel right mm. on top. Ah. Oh, that was a good one right that there. Good one, man. You are smarter than Dimitri and myself. Jesus. Well, <laughs> well because uh, I remember playing the playoff games, the first round in New York, all them years, and uh, go trying to leave the hotel. You're getting uh, shit talked to, uh, trying to eat. Um, we, we're all getting uh, – I remember one year we got in off the flight like 2 o'clock in the morning, had an early game. They're there. And, we had the whole the for the playoffs, and then the alarm went off in the hotel. The fire alarm, like four or five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Playing Oakland and San Francisco in the playoffs is not fun in those cities. <laughs> those fans are ruthless. <laughs> Oakland fans, my Oakland and Philly fans. Uh, o- Oakland, I I played there for three years or two and a half. Pittsburgh and Philly fans. Everybody's like, oh, New York and Boston, this and that. No, no, no. No, no. And I've already told your brother this. And I told Dennis, you can play in Pennsylvania. You can play anywhere. Because somebody might say something in New York or Boston. Hey, I'm, I'm going to kill you. Da, da, da. And then Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, hey, I'm going to kill you. And then you're leaving the ballpark. And they weren't lying. They're driving behind you. And you got to. <laughs> we had like a, a police escort to the game in Oakland first round. And we're leaving. And all the People in San Fran are grabbing their San Fran and Oakland hat, flipping us off. Cars getting next to us on the highway, flipping us off. And as you're trying to approach into the Coliseum at those stoplights, mm-hmm. cars stopping, blocking the bus, flipping us off and everything, yelling at us. And I was just like, all right, this is one place where you win. We got to just go to the hotel and just get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to ask you this. You are one of the few people that can say that you've played on the same team as your brother in Detroit. When you made it into Detroit, did you feel any pressure to, I don't want to use the word show them up, but be better, be the better young when you got in there? Or, you know, was it just no. another team? Uh, I can stop you right there because his situation, they, were, they weren't good. They weren't good going in there. When I showed there, that was the first time since like 06 that they were uh, really putting a playoff push in. And we had Verlander, Miguel Cabrera, Maglio was there. So the team was already like established and the, they already had some winning seasons before that. So it was a lot easier for me just to go in there and be a little piece of the plug for, to help out the big boys than Dimitri uh, to be a big boy and, trying to help a team that wasn't winning in that division that was stacked. So it was a lot Whoa, easier. Was it? Me. I mean, you, you were just a little bit better than just a plug-in. I mean, you were kind of one of, 
you were not Verlander, you were not Cabrera, but you were like one A, one B. I mean, when you, I was, I'm here in Detroit. I remember watching you play and the excitement when the team reached out and got you, it was like, oh, this is the year. So you're, you're underselling your impact in your time in Detroit. Well, it's a lot easier when game one, you got Verlander, game two, you got Scherzer. Game three and four was Porcello and uh, uh, my, I can't uh, slip on my, Annabelle Sanchez, and we had Doug Fist, and then you had a bullpen. It was it was kind of really good to play on those teams where for the game one and two, both starters are going seven, eight, sometimes nine innings, and they might just give up one or two. So we just, hey, just go out there and just give Ver, Scherzer a lead, and just get the ball to Valverde, and we should be good. Are you on social media? Because we definitely want to plug it if you are. Yeah, but I don't really do anything on it. And then I keep it for a couple of years and I get rid of it. Oh, so once again, another- get, on, get on Twitter. I need more followers. I don't even have a blue check mark yet. <laughs> you get on Twitter, you can like, uh, uh, I'll follow you. And you, I don't get on it either. But That's I what he's been waiting for. Jason Recently, I've been, on, uh, I've been on Twitter and, and like, I, I check it maybe once a week. People are like, how come you don't have a blue check mark? And I'm like, dude. I don't care what color it is. I just want I'm a freaking check on mark. It. And I can't get a blue check mark for anything. So I'm going to have to do it when, probably next year when, because um, this year got canceled for the Justin Morneau uh, retirement thing, uh, re- number of retirement at the stadium. So next year when they do it, I'm going to have to uh, ask one of the employees, can they get my blue check on my name? <laughs> That's what you need I don't do. think it works I, that way. See, I, got, I got it on my- I got, I got it on mine for Instagram. And he yeah, just popped on like maybe like a week ago, he said. Uh, a lot of times I've been hearing uh, if you go through the teams, the teams will help you get uh, verified. Jason, go call call Kansas City. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a, only a certain amount of teams that I like. Call, <laughs> call Kansas City. I, because I put in that information and then it comes back. I do not qualify. I was like, well, God damn, my, my, my service. <laughs> that doesn't mean shit and my ID. I'm like, give me the blue check. <laughs> so when I when I hit my friends up, it's not like, hey, is this another pro- fake profile or did you lose your phone again? I lost my phone. Okay, again. here's a funny story, Dell. So I get a phone call, or not a phone call, a, a, a private message from a guy named Joey Fish, who I know grew up fifth grade all the way up. And he goes, because I was quarterback at Torrance High School, and he goes, who was the backup quarterback for you your senior year? Like, he went that deep to try to see if he was really me or not. And I'm like, oh, it was Dennis Lefevre or Billy Bynum, one of the two. He's like, oh, dude, it is you. How you doing? How come you don't have a blue check mark? And I'm like, shit, I don't know, but I answered your question, so give me one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my buddy, when I said, hey, man, lost my shit. This is uh, my new one. And he goes, okay, where'd me, you, and such and such go? First place we went to in Mexico City. <laughs> yeah, like, you knew exactly where it was at. Cabo was Bobo, like, dude. <laughs> bro, we went here. <laughs> okay, last thing I want to say, Dennis. I'm sorry. Now we're going to nope, wrap nope, it up. We're wrapping it up um, now, so say it. And- these two growing up, how was it? Did he beat you up, uh, Dell, or uh, how, me, how was it? Since he was 12 years older, what Dimitri liked to do was the annoying thing of, uh, I got you in the figure four leg walk, and then he just sit there and hold it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and 
sitting there going, God damn. And, but it was never any other restaurant. It was like, oh, let me put you into this, uh, like, a uh, scorpion thing. Or, you you know, tapped out, didn't you? Because that hurts. Yeah, like your kneecap feel like it's it's, it's on your, your hip flexor. And yeah, it hurts. Woo! I think the best part's the impression. That's the best part. <laughs> That's awesome. Dimitri, it's yours, man. Send it home. Yeah, I, I have nothing else. The, the outro, I never do the outro. The you have to. It's intro. your brother. I well, mean, okay. I, I, listen, I, I love talking, and you guys don't tell me to shut up. So, Delman, I will say this. Um, huge fan of Dimitri's. Always have been. Always be my dude. Never got really a chance to hang out with you. But I'm going to tell you what. I love the way you played. I loved – you still, I lost me a couple of sleeps in the, the 2010 season, or a couple, not a couple, but a bunch of nights of sleep in the 2010 season. But, dude, I'm a huge fan. Um, and, dude, I'm proud of you. I know I'm a little bit older, so I can say that because you're younger, obviously. And I saw you from that JC uh, Harbor, or well, Harbor JC. And I'm just like, this guy's going to be good. And you did what you set out to do. You're still playing, which I think is the coolest thing in the world. Once you get settled down and maybe have a, a a uh, little one or two, then uh, it's not going to stop. But unless it's going to be in Korea with Dimitri and I, because we can still rank. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for coming on. And no uh, I, I've always been a huge fan of yours. And you played the game the right way. And, dude, I, I don't have anything else to say. Oh. But, dude, I, uh, hey, Dimitri. Yeah. Dimitri. Uh, yeah. Going back to the wrestling thing earlier, when I went back to – when I went to Baltimore, my interest got revived by because – PT, the clubhouse kid, they used to be the bat boy in the business side. Yeah. Adam Jones and then Steven Pierce are mega wrestling fans. And they had the wrestling shows. The wrestling show came through and they went and they had the guys come through the clubhouse. So the, the Baltimore, the Baltimore guys were almost like your your Cincinnati Wolf Pack. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, Dennis, I can wrap this up. All right. All right. All right, we want to thank my brother, number one pick in 2003, Delman Young, for coming on. Thank you very much. And for Jason Kendall and Dennis Farrell, this is the Me Hook Band Pete, Wrestling With Sports. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of Wrestling With Sports with Jason Kendall, Dimitri Young, sometimes Brett Boone and myself, Dennis Farrell. Remember, you can listen to Wrestling With Sports on all major platforms, especially if you're a new listener. Make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and please, please, please tell your friends. We have a brand new RSS feed, so we're really trying to promote that, and we can't do it without your help. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Brett Boone at TheBoone29, Dimitri Young at D-A Meat Hook, D-A Duh Meat Hook, Jason D. Kindle 18 is for Jason Kindle and myself, Undisputed DPF. I just changed it, by the way. Once again, guys, thank you so much. Every time you download and you listen, it means the world to all of us. And we keep doing it for you. So please, please, please tell your friends. That's the way you can get back to us here at Wrestling With Sports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well. Wrestling With Sports. That's where you can get some live videos you can get fresh content that you can't get anywhere else. So on behalf of the guys, thank you once again, Wrestling With Sports.
We here at Wrestling With Sports want to thank you for listening, our fans. And by doing that, we are giving away free stuff, contest stuff, essentially. It may be from Twitter, Facebook, many different ways to win, email. And we're going to tell you really quickly how to do it. Do you want to win a Jason Kindle personalized autographed jersey of the team he played on of your choice? Same with Demetri Young. Do you want to win a whole bunch of baseballs or game-used batting gloves from Jason Kindle? Brett Boone autograph. We are giving that stuff away, many different things, bobbleheads, baseballs, posters, all kinds of stuff that they have just sitting around and they want to give you the fans. And let me tell you really quickly, all you have to do, if you're on Twitter, just follow Wrestling WS. That's the Wrestling With Sports Twitter feed. Make sure you follow that. Retweet a few of our tweets. If you want to be kind, go ahead and follow Dimitri Young at Young. Follow Jason Kindle at Jason D. Kindle 18. And you can follow me, Dennis Farrell, at Undisputed DPF. If you're on Facebook, go over and like our Facebook page, Wrestling With Sports. We do a lot of live videos there. Some stuff that you may not see anywhere else. And share any post you see. We're giving stuff away to people who share stuff randomly and contest winners. Maybe you're like, hey, Dennis, Jason, and Dimitri, I don't have Facebook or Twitter. That's all right. Shoot us an email at wrestlingwithsports at gmail.com and tell us why you should win something. Those emails, by the way, you're giving us permission to read on the air, and we will. You can win something just by emailing us. Now, the biggest way to get noticed is show us a picture and email it to us of you subscribing to the podcast on any major platform. Rate, subscribe, leave a comment. Show the picture of the comment, and trust me, it will get noticed. That's the biggest way for us to grow, and you're helping us grow, and we're going to reward you for helping us grow. We're all one big podcast family here, and we're just the guys that have some cool stuff to give away to you. So to recap, tweet us, you win. Email us, you win. Facebook us, you win. You win, and you get great content even if you're not selected. We're going to try to select as many people as we can. It's going to be random. It's going to be fun. And we promise you will enjoy us giving away random. Oh, Zoom meetings. We are giving away a ton of Zoom meetings with Jason, sometimes Brett, and Dimitri Young. If you have a young kid who's playing baseball, get a free lesson from MLB All-Stars. Maybe you're just a fan of the show and you want to talk to them. Hey, now you can win a Zoom meeting. We're just giving stuff away to you, the fans. We got a brand new feed here and we want to make sure you help us grow it. So please... Tell your friends, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Twitter, whether it is word of mouth, and let us know you're telling them, and we will do our best to reward you with all these cool giveaways.